I am reading from the book of James. It says there in verse 15, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Let me say that this is available at any time in our church. You can call this church, and as long as it's time when the office is open, message will be passed on. You can say, I'm coming by. Would there be one or two elders in the church? Some of the pastors, could you pray for me and anoint me with oil? That's available all the time. I can't say it's available in the middle of the night if nobody is here, but you have access to that. And so the fact that we're doing it this way today is we are accentuating something that is there all the time, just giving it a little bit more feature. But I want you to know it's there for you because God wants you well. And so it says, we're going to pray and anoint with oil, but we pray in the name of the Lord. Remember what I said about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, and he, if he, could be she, has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Interesting. I'll pick up on that in a moment. Confess your trespasses to one another. It seems here the primary focus is, is sins or trespasses one among the other. And you know, it's always something that will help you. If you say, I've done something wrong, you can go to that person and say, I've done wrong. It lifts a great burden off of you. And since you are so secure in who you are in Jesus, now if you're insecure, you will feel that's a loss of face. I could never go and say, forgive me and acknowledge I've done something wrong because, you know, I don't want to look bad to anyone. But if your identity and, and, and assurance is in Jesus Christ, it doesn't hurt you one bit to do that because you're already dead and risen with him. And then it says, pray one for another that you may be healed. The prayer of faith, and that is my focus today, will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And then it goes on in the next verse, makes a very interesting connection here. It says, Elijah, this kind of out of the blue, Elijah, this prophet, is brought into the picture. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Prayed that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. So somehow here the Bible tells us that this prayer of faith and there's forgiveness of sin, and it could be if you're sick, maybe in some other area, not your body, maybe your finances are not well. Maybe there's some other area that in connection with this, Elijah has something to tell us. That's what we learned from this. So suddenly Elijah, who lived before the time of Christ, there's something from his behavior that we can learn. And so it says he prayed, and it didn't rain. And then we're going to pick up where after three and a half years he prayed again. And it says in 1 Kings chapter 1, Elijah said to Ahab. Now Ahab was a king. Uh, that's the only significance about him. He was king in Israel. He said to him, go eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. After no rain for three and a half years, Elijah says there's a sound of abundance of rain. 
Uh, and then it says, so Ahab went to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel, the mountain, and bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, in other words, I'm not looking at anything. I got my face between my knees. He says, servant, go look toward the sea. So he went and looked and said, there is nothing. Maybe you say that's a description of my situation. I see nothing good. Well, and seven times he said, go again. Then it happened at the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. Seven times. There's a cloud as a small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So Elijah said, go say to Ahab, prepare your chariot that the rain doesn't stop you. In the meantime, the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. And then he says that uh, Elijah had to run ahead of Ahab's horses for some 15 kilometers. So here's what the Bible tells us, that this prayer of faith, which we are going to exercise this morning. I like when we talk about things happening now. I'm not talking about, oh, this is some doctrine here and someday. No, today we are going to practice the prayer of faith. Now that's exciting to me. It is the God in the now. But we are looking at this through the glasses of the new covenant, through what Jesus has done. And, and there was a way here that Elijah did something that we can apply in the new covenant. Elijah Elijah is aligning his prayers with what God has provided. And you know, prayer can be something very burdensome or it can be something very wonderful. You know, uh, Paul said like this, he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and uh, supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God. Are you hearing me? Some of you have such a big prayer, prayer request, you have no peace. You said, oh, he said, pray, 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 pray. I need prayer, pray, pray. You have no peace. But here it says, when you are coming to God, be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing. Here's my paraphrase. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Don't be anxious, but come with prayer and thanksgiving and supplication. And, and, and make your requests known to God. And God's peace that surpasses your understanding. God's peace that goes beyond what you think is logical at the moment. It will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. Everything is through Jesus Christ. So Elijah here had in his time, is different from us, but he had a solid foundation for his faith. Because back in the books of Moses, God had said to the people like this, he said, if you just serve me, worship me, I, I, I'm going to make sure everything works out good for you. You're going to have rain. You're going to have food. But if you go and worship, uh, you know, Baal, one of the other gods, deities there, if you do that, well, then you're not going to have any rain. And, and so the people now for some time had been worshiping Baal. But the rain was still falling. And so Elijah dawned on him, God said, if they worship Baal, they're not going to have rain, but the rain is still falling. So he didn't say, well, 
Maybe God is not accurate here. Maybe, no, he said somebody had to rise up and appropriate God's promise. And that's what we are doing today. Jesus has provided everything you need, but we're here to appropriate it. So Elijah, he got up and he said, I declare to you, he was speaking by faith, there's not going to be any rain. And the rain stopped for three and a half years. Pretty good. I mean, not good for the people who didn't have any rain, but, but I mean, the prayer was good. And then after three and a half years, then the people had a change of heart and they were saying, no, 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 we were all wrong. It's not Baal. The Lord is God. But there was still no rain. So the same guy, Elijah, he says, well, God said that if the people would declare that the Lord is God, there's supposed to be rain, but I don't see any rain. So then he said, well, somebody's got to step up and be a man or woman of faith. Somebody's got to take God at his word. And so God, he says, I remind you, the people have now left Baal. They left that other worship and they're worshiping you. So he says, I declare rain is coming. So it wasn't just a flimsy wish, oh, let's have some rain. He was standing on the promise of God. Fast forward to Toronto today. Are you ready? We don't have, we have an even more sure foundation. We have an even better standing than Elijah. We are not standing on the promise spoken in the book of Deuteronomy. We are standing on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we are saying to ourselves, uh-huh, uh-huh. Doesn't it say somewhere that by his stripes we were healed? I don't think I look very healed. Maybe I should step out and take a stand and say, somebody believe that what God said is true. Maybe it was for those people who lived back then. It says in Hebrews 11 that they didn't receive the promise, many of them. Elijah did on this occasion, but they didn't receive the promise of the Messiah. But the way we do it today, we look to Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of faith. We lean on him. So when you have a prayer request, you will write something down. On this piece of paper, whether you do that or not, when I see that, and I hope when you write it, we're all together in one thing, we filter that request through the finished work of Jesus. We filter it through that because otherwise, frankly, if you just look at all your prayer requests, you get so depressed, you may, you may, you may just want to put yourself to sleep or something. And, and I may get so depressed reading about all your prayer requests that I'll just faint and say, I need a cup of coffee. I can't anoint these people with oil. But when I filter this through what Jesus has done, through the God with whom all things are possible, then I can pray with strength. I can pray with power. I can appropriate, not passively, but I I'm actively receiving what Jesus has done. Praise God. Then something else here about this prayer of faith. Faith hears the inaudible. He says, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, let's be very clear about it. In the natural, <laughs> there was no sound of any rain. There were no clouds. But Elijah says, because we're talking about the prayer of faith, he says, there's a sound of rain. There's a sound. You know, it's like, it's like a dog whistle. You know, dog whistles, you blow that whistle, humans can't, they can't hear it. 
But the dog's ear is on a different frequency. So the dog hears it. That's the way it is with faith. You see, some people, they don't hear anything. But some people who have allowed God's love to fill their heart because faith works by love, they are hearing things on a different frequency. So they begin to say, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. The Lord is my strength. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He said, ask and I shall receive that my joy shall be full. And you begin to rejoice and clap and shout. And people say, what's wrong with you? Have you lost your marbles? If I was like you, I would be so depressed. You said, I, you know, people don't understand it, but you are hearing something, and Elijah here is taking all the precautions. He's saying, I'm going to get up on the mountain. You'll be able to tell the king to get ready. We got, because I hear something. Well, the servant says, I don't hear anything, but he says, I hear something. You see, the ear of faith hears something. And I hear that God is good to you and that every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father of light with whom there is no shadow of turning, no changing of mind. He is the same for you. And I'm going to ask you to tune in to the same frequency. And the Holy Spirit will help you today to tune in to the frequency of faith, to hear things that your natural ear may not hear. Faith sees when there is no sensory evidence. You know, it says about, uh, I think it was the Thomas, blessed are those who believe even though they don't see. Something about that. God loves when people will believe before they see anything. And so when Elijah has said, he said to his servant, go to it and look at the edge of, of the mountain. Do you see something? He said, I see nothing. Nothing. I was thinking of people here today. Maybe that's why you say, I see nothing. I don't see any change. I don't see anything. You know, somehow I want to help lift you today by showing you how great Jesus is. I think of the many miracles of healing we have seen, and some of them we, we show them on television from time to time. They're available on YouTube. I thought of one of the great miracles, and there's a little, little detail in that miracle that many people, are, maybe it's not even in the story fully, kind of just mentions in bypassing. You remember that Hindu girl, 18 years old, didn't even know about Jesus. Her father took a month's wage to rent a car and a driver to drive her to our meeting in a stadium in a city called Bhubaneswar, and she was brought in there totally lame. She already had a pension from the Indian government because she was deemed an impossible case that she would never be able to walk again. And her father thought that we had some magic medicine from America. He didn't realize that we were preaching Jesus. He had never heard of Jesus anyhow. And so anyhow, she came there, and that's all on, on YouTube, but I'll get to the part that's not there. And, and, and I'm preaching, and, and faith comes in her heart. But at a certain moment in that service, when I was finished preaching, that young girl, Haria Priya, she had tapped her father. She had motion in her arm. She hit his leg. And she said, Dad, I can walk. I see myself walking. And he says, hush, you can't walk. You know that. That's why we brought you here. So they kept arguing. She was no, Daddy, I see myself walking. He says, no, be quiet. We'll, we'll get the medicine later. But you see, she was getting it. He wasn't getting it. She was seeing herself walking. 
And even at that, she did get up. But when she came to me, she was still like, 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 like I'm saying like, okay, I don't want to push her. She's going to, you know, wind gusts would blow her over. She was kind of walking, and then that was good. Everybody was clapping, thinking it was great. I guess if you couldn't walk at all, and if you walk like this, people think that's great, and it is great. And then I'm talking to her, and she's crying. And then I just said to her, what do you want to do? She said, I want to run. I'm thinking, run. Ashes, this may be an accident. And, and she just takes off running. You can see that, that, that part is on the video. But I'm saying that, that, that little part there, that little detail, when she's tapping her daddy's leg and saying, I can walk. She says, no, come on. Be sensible. You can't. See, faith sees things. I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a typical prosperity healing preacher, but I believe for prosperity for the gospel. I believe for finances for the gospel. I believe for health for you. I believe for those things. And so I always try to, I, I, just, I just see myself that way. I say one of the things in my life, you know, there was a time in my life when I had nothing. I literally had nothing. I was probably the poorest preacher in the country. And everybody would say, oh, Peter Youngren is prosperous. And I didn't tell them, no, I'm not. If that's what they want to believe, fine with me. At least I looked apart because I saw that God wanted to put money in my hand for the gospel, that I would handle millions of dollars for the gospel. So I couldn't afford to walk around dressed in a burlap sack, you know, saying, oh, everybody feel sad for me. No, that's not my story. My story is I see something. I see that God has something better for you. He has healing. He has blessing. He has help for you. Faith helps us to see something. Oh, praise God. You know, that then faith here in this case, I'm not going to preach very long, so hang on to every word. Faith says, go again. Go again seven times. Faith says, do you see anything? Nothing. Go again. Go again. You know, <laughs> that, that means pray and don't faint. Come on, go again. Don't faint, buddy. The New Testament says, pray and don't faint. I, I want to tell you that. That's a word from the Lord for you today. Pray and don't faint. Don't walk away. Don't say all hope is gone. Before you declare the bankruptcy, before you run away from home, before you do something stupid, pray. Because there is hope. There is something. There is something good from God for you. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you don't see it right away. Now, now this illustration I'm about to give is only really understood by those over 40, but I will explain it for those under 40. Back... In the day, in the dinosaur times, when we didn't have smartphones. Anybody remember that? Nowadays, everybody has a camera. It's with their phone. And they have many other things with their phone, but camera is one of the things. But back in the day before that, how many can remember that? Anybody over 40 here? Then you had to have a roll of film, and you put that in the camera, and it was kind of contained in a case, so they kept it dark, and then you had to kind of wind it in there, and then you did your photography. And then when the, you were done with that roll of film, you kind of rolled it up to keep it in the dark. Now, if you had just looked on that film, you wouldn't see any pictures. Now you just take a picture and you look on your phone. There it is. And you roll it up and then you have to get it developed. And how did that happen? Very interesting. Are you, are you with me, those under 40? This is a lesson here how it happened. So you would have to go, or someone for you, go into a dark room. And there you would have to take that film and you could only open it in the dark room. There was still nothing there. <coughs> and then... 
you had a certain fluid, forget what it was called, and you would have to dip the film and slosh it around. I had to do this in high school, that's why I remember. Uh, you know, slosh it around there, and suddenly a picture emerges. But when you walk into the dark room, you saw no picture at all. And it took a little while. Go again. Keep at it. And I'm going to say that's a bit of a picture of what Elijah is experiencing and of the prayer of faith here. Maybe you're in a dark room. Maybe you say, I know, I know. I took a picture. Click, click, click. There's supposed to be something there. But, but it's pretty dark right now. And so what we are doing here today in this prayer of faith, we take that uh, film, that exposed film, that, that vision that God's put in you, that picture you're seeing that the natural eye cannot see, that sound you're hearing that the natural ear cannot hear. And we say, let's slosh this around a little bit in the finished work of Jesus. Let's slosh this around in the water of the Word. Let's slosh this around. And slosh is a terrible word. I mean, you kind of just immerse it in it. And say, let the water of the Word wash over this. Let the revelation of Jesus wash over your prayer request. Because suddenly, pop! There is a picture, there is a picture, there is a picture. And you say, that which I couldn't see, I can now see. Hallelujah. And if you're in the dark room, if you want to shout while you're there, that's good as well. But you don't have to. Faith thinks big when little is seen. There's only a cloud like a man's hand. Sometimes faith works like that. The prayer of faith works like that. You see something. You say, well, I have this problem in my knee, but I have other problems. And now when you pray, that pain is gone. Well, thank God for that. I see a cloud like a man's hand. Thank God for that. Or you say, I had another need here. And God has helped me. Well, if he's helped you in the one area, is he not the God who helps you in every area? There's something called walking by faith. In fact, the story I just told you, I could tell you thousands of stories, but that, that Hindu girl, that's, she's actually, she's a picture of that because she was walking by faith. As I said, even when she came on the platform, she was barely able to make it, but she was much stronger than she had been sitting on the ground and certainly much stronger than when her dad had rented the car. Then she took off running. So sometimes that's how it is. You walk by faith. It could be if you have a financial need, you say, oh, my finances are sick. We're going to anoint you with oil and pray for you in that area. I'm not going to limit it. It's primarily for those who may be sick in their body, but we're going to pray for all areas. What about if God gives you wisdom? What about if you receive a word of wisdom? You say, well, I, I, wisdom, I need cash. <laughs> where do you think the cash is coming from? Come on now, nudge your neighbor and say, where do you think the cash is coming from? So I, I just, you know, you see, God gives you step by step. And so uh, even if, if, it seems, if it seems small, faith thinks big. Wow. The servant thinks, oh, it's only like a man's hand. Elijah says, big, big things are happening. Big things are coming my way. Then faith uh, uh, takes nothing 
and ends up or starts with nothing and ends up with everything. I love that. You know, God takes that which is nothing. And in and, and all of us, we could say, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without Christ, but I'm not without Christ. Elijah here starts with nothing. No rain for three and a half years. And he ends up with everything. And you see, you see, this is the prayer of faith. James, the New Testament tells us that when we pray the prayer of faith, like we're going to pray, we can learn from the story of Elijah, which is why I'm telling that story. This is for you. This is not some great teaching I'm doing per se. This is just a word of exhortation, a proclamation for you. And then faith results in action. Suddenly he says, well, start running, Ahab. Get your horses ready. And then Elijah starts running because the roads are going to get muddy. You better get your horses ready because soon the horses will not be able to pull the carriages because there's so much rain coming. So much rain coming? We haven't had rain for three and a half years? Well, you better get ready because it's coming. You see, faith acts. It's not that you, you can act all you want and nothing happens, but when faith comes, when the revelation of Jesus has come, then you begin to take action. You begin to do what you couldn't do before. Again, the story of the Hindu girl tapping her dad on the, on the, uh, on the leg saying, I, I, I think I can walk. He says, you can't. No, I can't. No, you can't. They have an argument going on. Even though the father had brought her to the meeting to be healed, he couldn't believe it. But she said, I got I to gotta act. I got to stand up. I gotta, she said, I want to run. I, I want to do this. This is how faith works. Are you ready to receive today? Are you believing God for something in your life? I want you to take that little card and write it down. We're going to start very soon here with anointing with oil. I want you to write it down. I didn't plan to preach. Usually we preach maybe until about noon or so. But, but today I want time to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. But here's what we're going to do first. It so touched my heart so tenderly. Right here in the context of anointing with oil and in the context of prayer, of faith, healing the sick and the Lord raising them up, it says several times in there, your sins will be forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. If you've sinned, you're forgiven. I thought that is so typical Jesus. Even in the middle of healing the lame man who obviously wanted healing, it's told in the gospels, the first thing Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. In our meetings, you know, that's the first thing we do. We say to people, would you like to change your mind? Would you like to change your mind from thinking that you can kind of self-improve and you can follow all the religious rules to make yourself acceptable to God? Would you change your mind from that? And would you receive the grace, the gift of God? I don't threaten people. I don't stand wagging my fingers as if you don't respond this Sunday. This is going to be your last Sunday. The bus is going to hit you on the way out of here. You better. I don't, I don't want anybody to come because the preacher persuaded you with threatening words. So I don't threaten people. I told you, it just come to my mind now. I'll finish with that. Years ago when I was learning to understand the message of God's grace and that love is a stronger force than any threat, I was in the church I was pastoring at the time, and we had a guest preacher. This guest preacher was, in my estimation, one of the great champions of condemnation. You know, some preachers are champions. 
They can condemn you every Sunday and you come back for another good beating, you know. And he was going at it. Here I was sitting in the front row as I always do when there's a guest speaker and this guy's going at it and I'm telling you, he's swinging the sword of condemnation. And he says, well, how would you people feel? It's always you people. How would you people feel if God was to put on this screen every sin you have committed in the last year, every sin you've done? What if God was to put it on a screen? How would you feel? And he was sounding much more angry than I am right now because I'm only trying to give you a sense of what he was saying. And I'm sitting there prayerfully on the front row. It's the host of the meeting. Yes, God. Then I looked around. People at the second and the third row, they were all ducking. It was like this guy was firing bullets of condemnation. Ra -ta 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 -ta. Well, how would you like that? And they were like, not me, not me. <laughs> so I, I was experiencing this, right? As I was sitting there, then suddenly the Lord spoke to me. And he says, if that was you, and that screen was for your sins, the screen would be blank because I put away your sins. I got so happy. I don't know. Then, and I probably didn't share that right in the service. I got so happy. I said, thank God. That condemning world champion, uh, uh, putting people down, God showed me a better way. And so I'm not here. Ra -ta 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 -ta. How many of you can? I'm saying, would you like to receive this? The forgiveness from your sins. God is so eager to present it that in the middle of a scripture passage that talks about prayer of faith for the sick and the Lord raising them up, he reassures us several times, your sins are forgiven. I mean, how good is that? So I want everyone to bow your head right now. And if you say, uh, Peter, I would like to receive new life. I'd like to receive the forgiveness of sin. I've drifted away from God. I want to receive it. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And then I'm going to pray together. There's going to be many here who say, I want to receive this new life. And, and, and you're not going to make it happen for yourself. You're not now kind of getting yourself ready and preparing to meet God. No, Jesus has made everything ready. The red carpet is rolled out for you and you're welcome. So come and receive this new life. Come and receive this new covenant, this new sense of belonging. Come and receive the forgiveness of sin. How many who would say, I want that as you pray right now? Lift your hand way up high. How many would say, I would like to have that? Lift your hand. God bless you. 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 That is so terrific. So wonderful. Wonderful. Can we all stand together right now? Let's pray together right now. Would you say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that Jesus put away my sins. And now I change my thinking. I don't ever want to think that I can save myself, but I receive Jesus. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love, for your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big praise. We thank God for that. We thank God for that. Father, I thank you for the healing love of God that is all over this room. I thank you for the faith of Jesus Christ that we cannot hype ourselves into. There's no faking it. It is the real faith of Jesus Christ. 
So I thank you that some are being healed even before we get to anoint with oil. I thank you for what's happening in Jesus' name.